Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? As always, glad to be. Yes, had a big day yesterday. Went out to a rally with uh, the conservative candidate down here in Florida or... uh, or one of them for governor, a good guy, Ron DeSantis, who I like, was out there with Don Trump Jr., who's a terrific guy. Right. Kim Guilfoyle was there. I want to thank him for their hospitality. Incredible event. Nothing like walking out on stage, surprising a bunch of folks. They didn't know I would be there. Ah. So I walked out. I'm like, I creeped up on you. Ninja style. <laughs> there are probably 500, 600 people there in this packed uh, uh, restaurant kind of bar kind of place. Um, it was great. So uh, had a good time. Thanks for the hospitality. And a big thank you. Folks, um, listen, when I say I love my audience, I don't mean it in one of those soupy, um, you know, what th- those movies like Pretty in Pink kind of way. I literally mean I love my audience, like love, <laughs> like an emotional bond with you in the actual uh, Merriam-Webster definition of the term love. You all are the best. I-, I said to let me just give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I had said to a Secret Service agent the other day I was talking to that um, – my, I, they said they needed help with the uh, with the Noel Remagen who who tragically passed early at 42 years old from a massive cerebrovascular accident, and they said, "Can you ask your audience for help on the GoFundMe page, which I put out yesterday on the show?" They said, "Listen, if we you know get ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars," I said, "No, no, 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 no." I said, I know my audience. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm telling you, $100,000, these are the greatest people out there. And not only is that $100,000, it's over $200,000. So, folks, you are the best. Um, I can't thank you enough. Listen, no amount of money is obviously going to bring Noel back. Um, It was really horrible, the story. The more I hear about it, the worse it is. Got two young kids. Um, It's just devastating. Um, But... It, it does at least help alleviate some of the financial pressure short term uh, from from that that loss of income. So thank you very much. You thank all are you. great. Um, yeah, I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. And I was telling you about Trump. Of course, uh, Trump insisted on going out there and receiving the casket at Andrews because that's the kind of guy Trump is. Mm. Um, you don't have to like his politics. You don't have to like his ideology. You don't have to like his business. You don't have to like anything about him. But I'm telling you, people who know this guy, that this is the kind of guy he is. Um, I was talking to Don Jr. yesterday and I said to him, you know, what's amazing about your dad is he's had thousands of employees come through the Trump organization over the years. And yet for a guy everybody claims is a a Nazi, the Antichrist, Damien from the movie The Omen. uh, Joe, do you happen to notice that there's the the number of prior employees coming out and saying, oh, this guy's awful is uh, zero? Maybe is there one? I don't know. I mean, I've never heard it. I haven't heard that if I'm missing something, but you would think if he was such an awful guy, there'd be this massive outcry from all, and it's just not there Never from all these it. people. Yeah. Now, matter of fact, my mother-in-law, a Hispanic immigrant from Colombia, who's supposed to be, according to the Democrat identity politics box, a big Democrat, absolutely loves him because of the stories she knows about his generosity when she worked in the airport in New York and Trump Airlines was there and he had a reputation for being one of the most generous guys around. I'm just saying, folks, this, you know, be careful with all the hyperbolic nonsense. That's going to be uh, the gist of the first story of the show today, too. How uh, What's going on right now with this Helsinki meeting, the media overreaction, and how Trump is brilliantly creating a foil here, which is causing a media overreaction, and how he's almost defining himself by what he's not. 
This will make sense in a second. I promise you. Stay tuned. You're going to like this. Mm -hmm. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Helix Sleep. We love Helix Sleep. Best mattresses around. There's nobody on the planet like you. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? You definitely don't want to be good. You know, sometimes you get really bad advice, too, when you go in those mattress stores. You go to Helix Sleep. They'll, they'll customize it just for you. Helix Sleep matches your body to the perfect mattress so you can get the best sleep of your life. They've developed nine different mattresses tailored to specific body types and sleep preferences. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. It's super quick. And they'll match you to a mattress that's perfect for you, contouring to your body to provide unprecedented comfort and better sleep. 36% of Helix Sleep customers report better sleep after switching to their customized mattress from Helix Sleep. Right now, they're offering up to $125 off all mattress orders. It's a lot. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, like a plush or firm bed, they've got the mattress that'll fit just right. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan for $125 off your mattress order. Customized for you. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. It's great. Super easy to do. You get a customized mattress. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan. $125 off your mattress order. Can't beat that. Okay. Um, this is, the, this is what's going on right now. The reason I wanted to bring this up this morning is there are a couple polls out that are shocking to the swamp rats, media elites and liberals and rhino Republicans, but are completely unsurprising to Joe and I. Um, I saw the polls. I'm not surprised at all. But the media is flipping out. There were two polls uh, I wanted you to see. They were taken. Damn, <laughs> yeah. I love talking about this. Maybe it's my background in psychology. I'm fascinated by the Trump phenomenon and how so few people grasp what's going on. So few people in the swamp. I mean, people in middle America get it everywhere. It's not a mystery yeah. to me and Joe. So here are these two polls, Joe. Yeah, I bet you Joe's like astounded. I, I, I know Joe. I know Joe. He's astounded at my level of excitement considering before the show after that <laughs> yeah. rally, right? I was so tired. But once I get into it, boom, boom, the kid turns it on like that. And he even calls himself the kid, which is like the worst thing ever. My wife hates that. I do it to drive her nuts sometimes. I, I in a playful way. I love my wife to death. She's great. Okay. Um, the poll, was the, here's the poll. Uh, they took a poll after the Helsinki uh, meeting with Ple uh, Pre President Putin from Russia, which obviously things didn't go uh, as well as planned. Trump already corrected it. Fine. Let's put that out of the way. This poll number is astonishing. When, asked, when they asked Republican voters uh, if they approved or disapproved of the Helsinki meeting with Putin, 79% of the GOP said they approved. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. I'm, not, I'm just laughing because the media, Joe, am I right or am I right? Oh, yeah. The media absolutely swore, this is it. Bing, pow, <laughs> Bing. Play it out again. Play it again. Bing, pow, One more time. Bing, pow, Bing, pow, Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. The media, the perfect. I forgot about that one. Greatest trap. That's an after mother meatloaf. Greatest trap ever. The media swear they had a bing, pow, poom moment. Bing, pow, boom. They swore it. This is it. The final nail in the coffin. We've got Trump now. This is after the Stormy Daniels nail in the coffin, the immigration nail in the coffin, the travel ban nail in the coffin, Access Hollywood ban uh, nail in the coffin. I, I, I'm missing nails in the Trump coffin. There, there were more of them. I just can't think of all the outrage campaigns. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I, I need a list of the... Uh, 
you know, I'm gonna someone on Twitter tweet me an outrage campaign. I'll retweet it. The the list, the the uh, the the compendium of the outrage outrage campaigns against Trump. They swore this was it. So the media is losing their minds because this poll, nearly 80 percent, 79 percent to be precise, of GOP voters say, "Oh, he handled it okay. I approve." They're like, "What do we got to do? What do we got to do to put a dent in this guy?" Even more. Even where it gets worse. Wait, there's more. Oh. Like, like Fritz from an infomercial. Wait, there's more. Poll number two. Trump's approval rating. They had him, Joe. They had him. Yeah. They, no question. They had him at the media. We got him now. Remember, they're not supposed to get him, Joe. They're supposed to report the facts. I got you now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We know that. But the the, the Democrats still believe the media is there to report the facts. Shame (laughs) on them. To their their own detriment, by the way, because we know the truth. They're not there. They're they're there to degrade Trump. His approval rating is held steady, or in one poll, ticked up to 45%. After the Russia meeting, where they swore this was the end of Trump. We've got him now. We got him now. Now, I want to do my best to explain this to you, and it's not to sit here and engage in psychobabble or waste your time. This is critical because it explains why this is not going to stop, and I believe it's going to lead to a very healthy Trump re-election. I could be wrong. This stuff's on tape. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Um, I, you know, we Joe and I have tried to stay out of the prediction game, not always uh, successfully. Yeah. Uh, but when we have predicted things, we predicted them right. Um, if you go back and listen to the show, um, I don't even know where you'd find it anymore. The one the night before the election, because mm-hmm. Apple iTunes doesn't have all of them. Joe and I predicted every state, swing state, Trump would win yeah. because I was out there running and had a good feel for what was going on. But here's what's happening right now. You could be defined. Matter of fact, you are defined and, and, and issues and things are, find off, are defined often by negation. In other words, you're not defined by what you are, by what you're not, by, by what you fight against. So you're almost defined by your enemies at times. Um, and and, and I, you know, I, I like analogies because they make things simple uh, and I prefer simplicity over complicated, unnecessarily wonky explanations. I thought of He-Man and Skeletor, right? When I grew up, He-Man was big. He-Man. They had a little theme song. Everybody loved He-Man. All these kids. My buddy Morris. Everybody. Morris. I I love this kid. He was great. Where is Morris, by the way? I can't say his last name on the air, but I love Morris. Morris, you know who you are. You know why. If you're out there, reach out to me on email. We loved He-Man. He-Man's arch enemy was Skeletor, the bad guy. Right. Ah, with that voice, the Skeletor voice. Maybe I'll get some drops of Skeletor, right? Skeletor <laughs> we'll, we'll was really, now yeah. I know, Ron P's on, I know. Right after the show, Ron P will have a Skeletor drop for us, so we'll have to play that tomorrow. Skeletor was the bad guy. Now, you could almost define the qualities you liked about He-Man by him fighting against Skeletor. In other words, whatever Skeletor did, you were expecting He-Man to do the opposite, right? Right. So you're defined almost by negation. Skeletor, bad. He-Man, good. If He-Man's fighting Skeletor, that makes He-Man good too. Even if in the middle of the show they changed the script and started to make Skeletor out to be a good guy, it would take a long, long time for people to come around to that and change their worldview that Skeletor was in fact Mm -hmm. a good guy. What am I trying to tell you here? conservatives good republicans libertarians for a long time figured out the game that the media is not in the fact business anymore not all but a good majority of them 
They are in the business of kneecapping and sweeping the leg. I said sweeping the knee the other day for karate kids. Sweep the leg. They are in the business of sweeping the legs of conservatives because they're liberals. This Republican effort over time by weak-kneed, cowardly, feather-spined Republicans to constantly apologize to the media has infuriated Republicans for the longest time. They've been looking for a champion to fight back against what they see as Skeletor. Does this make sense? Oh, Skeletor yeah. has been abusing the conservative movement for a long time. Now, I want to be crystal clear on this. I am an avid, vocal, absolute supporter of a free press. Don't mistake my words for anything else. Yeah. I am also a realist and a critic of stupid press people who say dumb things. Those arguments are are completely distinct, okay? Because I disagree with the media, don't mistake this for me suggesting there should be government. At- no, 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 no. Don't do not make that as a critical mistake. I want to be clear on that. I am absolute in that free press. They're also free to be dumb. Yeah. Me calling out their stupidity is simply an effort to highlight to the press that maybe you should change tracks on this. Maybe you should start focusing on fact reporting and not opinion reporting. That's all this is, but it's, it's an important distinction. Folks, what he is, they, they've been looking for a champion, a he-man for the longest time to fight this skeleton. And they don't, they had a he-man who was not a he-man. He was a big wuss, <laughs> you know, he was, he was the anti-He-Man. Like, he would apologize for everything. Like, Skeletor beat him down. I'm sorry, Skeletor. Oh, I, I know plenty of guys like that. Yeah, oh, you do. I, so do I. 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 We've met Republicans like that. Oh. Joe and I have been dealing with people oh. like that forever on the Republican yeah. side. The, the media fires a bomb back at them. It's a disingenuous, nonsensical bomb uh, back at them. You don't care for grandma. You don't like puppies. Um, you know, all that nonsense of you're a racist, misogynist. And what do they do? They apologize. Yeah. Trump refuses to do it. This Russia episode is another example of this where 80% of Republicans approve, even though they know mistakes were made, and his approval rating is held steady or ticked up because instead of defining Trump's mistakes about the meeting as, okay, we need to focus on Trump and fix this, what happens? The media reacts in Skeletor-like fashion. He's a fascist. Kristallnacht, the Holocaust. This is Pearl Harbor, 9-11. By the way, folks, these are real. That's not hyperbole. These were real comparisons made by Democrats. Yeah. Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat, making absurd comparisons. Democrats out there comparing it to 9-11, the Holocaust. This actually happened. So what happens? The misstep by Trump, which he acknowledges and corrects the next day, is yesterday's news. They're looking again for their champion to fight back against the media. Forget the Putin information for a minute. And what happens? Trump stands up. He, he apologizes for the misstep and corrects it. And all of a sudden, they have their champion again because what does he do? He goes after the media. You media guys, you're, you're not portraying this accurately. And all of a sudden, the Republicans right back in his corner are like, yes. Here's our guy. Here's the He-Man versus Skeletor moment. You define it by negation. He's against the media. The media's against us. Therefore, he's our friend. I'm not saying they don't like Trump also. I'm saying, though, a component of this is an enemy of my enemy is my friend. And right now, a yeah. lot of conservatives see the media as their ideological, ideological enemy. It's a clear distinction there. Mm -hmm. That is a large component of Trump's popularity. The media will never get. 
They won't understand. And folks, let me be clear on this too. They can't understand that because they are hardcore embedded like tick leftists. They are embedded in the skin of leftism. Now, here's why the fury's growing and the media's getting worse. And it's been two years now. Um, it, It started bad. He was a fascist, a potential Nazi, a totalitarian, a tyrant. It's now gotten to the point, 9-11 comparisons, Pearl Harbor comparisons. Uh, yeah, and these are real. It's Joe. ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, it's, it's absurd. It's outrageous. The fury is growing, and here's why. So just to be clear to wrap up the first point, the media, the, the poll numbers are not turning in Trump's direction at all. Matter of fact, the overwhelming majority of Republicans approve of the way he handled the Trump summit. Why is that? Even though he he made a mistake, he acknowledged Because the media cannot control themselves. They are ideological leftists. They hate Donald Trump. They hate everything he stands for. They overreact. And instead of then Republicans saying, ah, it wasn't such a great press conference and only like 10 or 20% would approve, Trump fires back at the media after correcting his course, puts the highlight and the focus back on the hyperbolic, overreacting, exaggerating, anti-conservative media, and Trump wins again. He wins every time. And yet, Joe, amazingly... The media continues to insist that he's the stupid one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he keep, he's dunking on you every minute. The dunks are coming left and right. He's dunking from the free throw line on you. And he, he and not only that, you foul him, he dunks, and he gets the extra point. You feel stupid. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, my gosh. He keeps dunking on these idiots. This is why the approval ratings aren't moving. Because he magically, masterfully, every time, flips the script from hiccups and missteps on his part to an overreaction by the media, which they can't help, which if it wasn't there, he'd have nothing to do. You can't make grandma, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, grandma Ann an enemy, right? No one wants to see this. My grandmother's name. So, you know, the, this kindly old grandmother is an enemy, no matter how hard you try to paint someone who is an emotionally empathetic figure as an enemy, you're going to have a difficult time getting Americans to believe that. What the media does by not being reasonable and reporting facts and constantly overreacting and, 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 and some even Republican talking heads, but liberal talking heads constantly overreacting against Trump is they put themselves in the Skeletor box and everybody's looking for a he-man to fight that. And Trump's that guy. Therefore, the focus moves away rapidly from any potential misstep to, wow, we really got to get back at the Skeletor guys who are ideological opponents here. It's really a genius move. Now, a couple more things on this to show you how the, well, let me hit the why the fury. I have, a, I have this broken down into bullet points. I don't like to waste your time. I have this as why the, the bullet point, why the fury grows. And when I say the fury, I'm talking about the media fury. You may say to yourself, well, why doesn't the media just stop and realize this strategy to take down Trump by exaggerated, hyperbolic, absurd, ridiculous responses? Uh, why don't they just stop and start doing actual journalism? <laughs> they can't. They can't. They won't. I know it bothers you when they make these Pearl Harbor 9-11 comparisons, oh, uh, yeah. talking heads, Democrats and media outlets that, you know, nod their head in approval. But don't let it bother you. It's wrong. That part should bother you. But tactically speaking, they're playing right into this guy's hands. The fury grows because, as I have in my next note here, 
average levels of pure of fury are not provoking the groveling they've witnessed in the past. Now, most of us growing up have experienced uh, the have experienced had some experience, I should say, with a with a with some kind of a bully, neighborhood bully, school bully, some childhood bully somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know how they are. I remember this kid Nikki growing up. Thought he was a tough guy until we had a fight and uh, was at Drum Park, and all of a sudden it stopped. Here's the thing with bullies. This kid was, and he was like a, this kid was a twig too, which was funny. He thought he was a real tough guy. And then all of a sudden he scrapped with the wrong dude and that ended fast. But the thing with bullies, and again, I like analogies because it'll make sense. Is the, the media has been bullying conservatives for a long time. They've been bullying them with irrational, hate-filled responses to their policies and their ideology. And when I say irrational, I mean, you guys are racist, misogynist. Folks, let's be candid. These are the worst things you can call someone in a civil society. A racist. In other words, you judge people and hate them because of the color of their skin. Kind of one of the worst things you can say to someone. You're a misogynist. You hate women. Oh, my God. I mean, these are really horrible things. You hate people who are gay. It's like, we do? I don't remember that. No, no, we say so. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and we're just supposed to accept <laughs> okay. it. Right. I mean, that's that's been the liberal media. Uh, that's you know, you, you hate poor people if you're trying to reform Social Security. The media has done this forever in a bully like tactic. And what the, the bully becomes accustomed to is he almost feeds off the weakness of their opponent. Republicans, sadly, have have not had a champion in a long time who's been able to come out and override that instinct to just apologize and move on. Oh, man, they're going to accuse us of being a racist or misogynist or whatever. We better back off. This has been the standard Republican SOP, standard operating procedure for a long time. Trump is the first at least national level politician we've seen in a long time who has absolutely refused to acquiesce to those bully talking points and the bully tactics, who has been the first one to punch them back in the nose rhetorically. And by doing that, the bully's astonished. Most of you have seen this growing up because legitimate tough guys really in the street didn't really get into a lot of scraps. They didn't need to because right. nobody would fight with them because they, it was really the, you know, the pencil neck loser bullies who were the ones who became, they, they fed on the weakness. But the minute someone puffed their chest back or even got into a fight with them, that was the end of that. It always stopped. The media does not know what to do. They're used to the, the weakness. They're used to the acquiescing. They're used to the apologies by weak need Republicans. Oh, we're so sorry about proposing this. We're so sorry about that. Yeah. The media has become so accustomed to using their bully pulpit that they don't know what to do. They're in genuine disarray by trying to continually go after a guy, not making any dent in his approval, his missteps turn into media missteps. So what do they do? They double down on the fury. In other words, their average level of fury, which they've been used to leveling at Republicans for years, is now not working. So they have to up the fury game. They're now into absolutely ridiculous, hate-filled, near-psychotic levels of fury. This is the worst thing we've seen in the history of the presidency. This, a, a simple verbal misstep corrected the next day. The worst thing, not to mention Obama's transferring of pallets of cash to a country that declares uh, death to America. That, that wasn't the worst thing ever. This was the worst thing ever. Joe, and tomorrow it'll be the worst thing ever. The worstest, worst, worst thing ever, ever, ever. And what this and as they continue to double down, this is how I'm going to tie this up. They continue to become more and more skeletal ish 
They continue to move away from any kind of empathetic midpoint where people would say, all right, well, that guy's reasonable. Trump made a misstep. And in a poll, they'd say, yeah, you know what? I agree. Screwed that up. That's not what happens. Instead of responding in a journalistic, responsible fashion, uh, folks, that was a troubling press conference. Um, You know, uh, Donald Trump said some things there that I think we should look into and and covering it from a fact. I'm not saying you got to kiss the guy's butt either. I'm just saying in a fact-based, reasonable, journalistic fashion. I'm not talking about opinion guys either. I'm talking about journalists. Opinion guys are free to go off the deep end all they want. That's what they do. Instead of journalists responding that way, what do they respond by? They respond, this is the worst, this worst thing ever, ever in the history of everness. And what happens? They fall right back in the Skeletor box and everybody wants to jump and defend He-Man. Instead of focusing on what actually happened. It's really, a, it's really a genius tactic by Trump. Constantly focusing on the media, creating a foil, and allowing himself to be defined almost by negation in some respects. I'm the guy fighting for you against these guys and ladies who really can't stand you. And by the way, oh yeah, I messed up in the Russia conference. I apologize. But look what they said. Aren't they really bad guys? And what do they do? They fall into the trap by being those bad guys every single time. <laughs> it's really, it is, it is. Oh, but he, remember, Joe, he's the idiot. He's oh, so yeah. stupid. Oh, he's so dumb. Is he really? You sure about that? Yeah. Right. You sure you're not getting flipped? I say he'll flip you. Flip you for real. <laughs> you sure you're not getting the dipsy do flipperuski? Are you sure? You know the flipperuski. Dating that, that woman and uh, you, you don't want anything to do with her. Then all of a sudden she won't call you for three days. Now you're in love. She did the flipperuski. She hates the me. Dipsy I love her. The dipsy do flipperuski. You know the flipperuski. Yeah. What is it, George? The Seinfeld episode? George, what does George call it? Hands having hand. I had hand. I had hand. <laughs> this is it. Trump constantly does the flipperuski. They just don't get it. This is the importance of Trump refocusing the locus of attention from a misstep on his trip to constant media attacks against conservatives and Republicans in America. It's really an unbelievably genius move. All right, I got a lot of, a lot of other stuff to get to there. Uh, there, here, I should say, excuse me. We the People Holsters, thank you for sponsoring the show today. We love uh, We the People Holsters. This month, they're showing some love to the female listeners of the Dan Bongino Show. Ladies, it's sad and unfair. You have to be vigilant 24-7 in regards to your personal safety. Conservative women are facing unique unique obstacles lately in defense of their beliefs alongside their right to self-defense. Don't let your experiences go discounted due to the political climate or because of leftist identity politics. As a husband and a father, I want all the women in my family to be properly prepared in the event of an if-and-when scenario. We the People holsters, they make custom-made holsters made in the USA. They design their holsters in-house. They use their own molds, not third-party molds. They update designs all the time. The benefit of their in-house team, by the way, because I have a couple of their holsters. I have three of them, to be exact. These are terrific holsters. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride. And what I love about them is they fit with absolute precision. I have one for my uh, Glock 43. And when you insert it in there, the firearm in there, you get that click. It is, it is an incredible holster. You need that sense of safety and security. The last thing you want is to be running around and all of a sudden, God forbid, you're in a stress-based scenario with self-defense and that thing fa- uh, falls out, your firearm. You don't want that. You won't have that with We The People holsters. These things are incredible. 
They design their own clip. They have four holes on the clip that match up with four on the holster. Can you, you can adjust the cant and adjust the ride for maximum comfort. You can also adjust the tension. You want a snugger fit? Turn one screw. A little looser fit? Turn the same screw the other way. Simple as that. They have custom printed designs. They print in-house, the thin blue line, the thin red line, the Constitution, camo, the American flag, and more coming out each month. They also have designs for the ladies. The reviews on this product have been spectacular. That's why I put my email out there on the website. I enjoy the feedback. They price their holsters starting at just $34. Every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. You won't need it. It has that lifetime guarantee, but I guarantee you won't need the guarantee. (laughs) Every holster ships free. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund. Here's the website. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. That is WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. I got a special offer for you. Listeners of the Dan Bongino Show, you can use code Dan. That's promo code Dan, D-A-N. You'll get $10 off your first holster. That's just $24 for the holster with free shipping. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. Go check it out. Okay. Um, I want to show you also how ridiculous this is. This this anti-Trump narrative has gotten. So yet last night, Joe, another... (laughs) It's a bombshell by the left. I was actually on the Laura Ingram show last night with Juan Williams, who, by the way, folks, let me just tell you, can I just tell you quickly some behind the scenes? Thing? Mm. I, I'm, I get a lot of emails about personalities and I get Fox and I generally, you know, avoid obviously all of them, but I just want to tell you when it, Juan Williams is a super nice guy. I, I, I'm, I, and listen, nothing would be easier to tell my audience a conservative. Oh man, all these guys are. T-. His ideology, I obviously we have very little we disagree on. Juan Williams and I, but I'm telling you, you ask any conservative personality, liberal, conservative, anyone at Fox about Juan Williams, I I would bet my bank account on it. They will tell you disagree with the man, but he is a he's a total gentleman. And I just I just want to put that out there because I do get a lot of emails and people get personally angry when I debate people. And listen, there's a you know there's some people I debate who aren't contributors stuff who I don't know them personally, but I know Juan and met him. And every time you see him, he could not be a bigger gentleman. I'm just putting that out there because I was debating him last night. You know things get fiery yeah. on the air because we disagree, but um. I'm making you a bet that if you ever meet him in public and you shake his hand in front of Fox or somewhere else, he will be the nicest guy to you in the world. I take it to the bank. I'm telling you. So, cause someone said to me, Oh, you went easy. I didn't go easy on Juan. We just disagreed. I, I thought I was pretty fired up last night, but I, I like him a lot, but we're on the show last night. Um, the Laura Ingram show and, and, you know, breaking, you know, another new bombshell, Joe, mm-hmm. which I, I had to laugh hysterically about, you know, the, the New York times reports that, Donald Trump knew in January, January 6th, to be precise, uh, that Vladimir Putin may have personally ordered some of these uh, cyber attacks on the U.S. election system. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, why this is a story, the why it's a story matters because, how do I explain this? It's not the story that matters because it's not a story. It's why the story matters that matters. You're probably shaking your head going, what I mean? The story is is old news. Joe, you have that cut ready to go? This is the fact that Trump knows and understands that the that the Russians have tried to significantly engage with our electoral process to sow chaos is is as old as his presidency. Here is a, by the way, hat tip Fox News, and we got this from the Donald Trump feed, but it's from Fox News. 
Here is a short, it's less than a minute, clip of Trump acknowledging multiple times what the New York Times is putting out as breaking news last night. When we get back from the clip, I'm going to explain to you why the story is irrelevant, but why the story was printed is relevant. As far as hacking, I think it was Russia, but I think we also get hacked by other countries and other people. And I can say that, you know, when, when we lost 22 million uh, names and everything else that was hacked recently, they didn't make a big deal out of that. That was something that was extraordinary. That was probably China. Uh, we had we have much hacking going on. Well, I think it was Russia, and I think it could have been other people in other countries. Uh, could have been a lot of people interfered. I think it was Russia, but I think it was probably other people and or countries. It was Russia. And I think it was probably others also. Well, the Russians had no impact on our votes whatsoever, uh, but certainly there was meddling and probably there was meddling from other countries and maybe other individuals. Folks, <laughs> we didn't alter that. That's not, uh, you know, an actor playing the voice of Donald Trump. That's Donald Trump acknowledging multiple times that the Russians, in fact, have tried to interfere in our election process, which they've been doing, by the way, forever. None of this is news. So why the New York Times story last night about old news Hmm. that Trump was told about Russian interference in the election, which he acknowledged in the sound I just played you multiple times. Why is this a story? It's like breaking sky blue. Trump acknowledges it. Uh, Why is that a story? The New York Times, which is, believe me when I tell you, nothing more than a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. You believing otherwise, is that's your problem, not mine. I can't save you. If you actually believe the New York Times is a journalism outfit, you are going to be sadly let down once reality smacks you in the face, okay? The New York Times is desperate to save the Democrat narrative versus the actual narrative, which is the conservative Trump and Republican narrative. Let me be clear on what these two are. The New York Times has to save number two. Here's number one. Here's what happened. There's no question among conservative thought leaders, conservative politicians, a lot of people in the intelligence community, basically all of the intelligence community, Donald Trump, senior members of the White House, the list goes on and on and on, that the Russians are engaged in an ongoing effort to always cause chaos in the United States. This is not news to anyone. Matter of fact, what I find ironic, Joe, is the New York Times piece where they're trying to say, oh, Trump, you know, Trump was told about this. And I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you what they're trying to say in a minute. They acknowledge that this information was old news. So for eight years of Obama, Obama knew, but that's irrelevant. That doesn't matter, the New York Times, right? The Republican and conservative story, I don't want to say the narrative because it's the real story, is that yes, the Republicans are not helping here. They're trying to cause chaos. On a parallel track, which is separate, the Republicans are objecting to the fact that the Democrats keep insisting this is related to a Trump collusion narrative, that Trump worked with them to do it, and secondly, that altered the results of the election. The Republicans are objecting to that. The Democrats, their story, the false narrative, is they agree on point one. The Democrats and Republicans that all right, the Russians were probably not helping us in our election cycle. We can all agree on that. The Democrats equate that, as I just said, to Trump was helping them 
Trump owes the Russians something. He was colluding with them, and therefore we should be very suspect of Donald Trump in international affairs because the Russians may have something on him. How do I know that? Because Democrats keep saying, what, is Russia, what do the Russians have on Trump? What do the Russians have on Trump? Which is absurd. It's so ridiculous. It makes you look outrageous on TV saying it. It is the conflation of the two by the Democrats. Trump knew about this. Trump was working with them. That constantly causes Trump to go out in public and say what is factually correct. That it is not just the Russians who are doing this. It is the global community. As a matter of fact, there is a piece by Chuck Ross today in the Daily Caller, which I will have up in the show notes. Take a note on that, Ross, in case I forget. We'll have up in the show notes where Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, who I think we could all agree is not pro or anti-Trump as I mean, he's, if anything, he's been accused of, um, of you know, th- by both sides. So he's not like some Trump sycophant by any stretch. Christopher Ray himself just gave this speech and acknowledged that the biggest threat intelligence wise to the United States is China. China. He didn't say the Russians are not a threat. Nobody's saying that. But the biggest threat to our business, to our military community, cyber espionage is China. Ray talked about multiple ongoing cases in all areas of the country. Business espionage, intelligence espionage directed against the United States by China. Joe. Please tell me this makes sense, though. The Democrats can't have that narrative out there. That China is a bigger threat than the Russians because the Democrats entire narrative is the Russians worked with Trump to overthrow the election. Therefore, the Russians are the biggest threat in the entire world. We have to keep our attention on the Russians because the Russian threat damages Trump politically. Mm hmm. Even though, tactically, the China threat is doing far more damage to the United States. Mm -hmm. As acknowledged by the FBI director himself. It is the conflation of the two narratives that constantly causes Trump to go out and make public statements about how, yes, Russia did try to interfere with our election. But notice in that clip I played, if you rewind it, you'll hear it again. Trump just basically tells the truth. But yes, there are others as well who are try- they're trying to hurt us. This is a fact. The F- Unless you're telling me the FBI director is lying about China being a threat, which would make you an idiot. All Trump is saying is what's factually correct, but the Democrats can't have that because they're looking to politically damage Trump. Right. They don't care about the tactical damage of of, of, of putting Russia on the threat scale below China. I mean, excuse me, putting Russia above the threat scale. In other words, minimizing China at the expense of Russia, even though China's a bigger threat. Mm -hmm. They don't care about that. They're not trying to tactically protect us. They're trying to politically damage Trump. And the only way to do that is to keep Russia in the news. Now, to tie these stories together, because I got a couple other things I want to get to here. This is working to the benefit of Donald Trump. Folks, believe me, I know it's annoying. I'm on this thing every single day. This is an, it is irritating. I know you see it on CNN. Um, in the gym I go to, the sometimes a guy in a locker room puts CNN on. There, there's mm-hmm. no CNN on by the treadmills. It's all Fox. Because I love the gym I go to. You guys are great down there. All my peeps in there listening. Love you. <laughs> 
But when you watch CNN, it's 24 hours, Russia, 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 collusion, collusion, collusion. I told you they can't help themselves. This is playing, I know it's annoying, but it's playing right into Trump's hands. The polls are moving in his direction, not theirs. Why is that? Another poll, had it circled here at the bottom. Asked about the uh, most important issue to them in the coming elections right now. Gallup poll. Russia rates at a staggeringly high 1%. (laughs) Being sarcastic, obviously. 1% of people think Russia is the most important issue right now. One. This is a Gallup poll, by the way. One. That's like the margin of error. Meaning it could be negative six. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm negative. You get what I'm saying. It's 1%. I'm not making this up. But Joe. Yeah. What rates... As the issue most Americans rate is the number one most important issue for them right now. And this is going to, if you don't pick up what I'm putting down after this, you missed the whole point of the show. This speaks to the strategic genius of Trump's messaging campaign, despite the Democrats insisting he's constantly off message. What's number one? Immigration, 22%. Does it now make sense? You don't have to agree with the guy. You don't have to agree with his policies. How he is constantly owning the Dems and the media. 22% of Americans care about immigration most as the most important issue. He highlights that immigration often, whether it's build the wall, whether it's a travel ban, uh, you know, whether it's immigration policies at the border, tighten up immigration rules. Mm -hmm. This is what Americans who actually eat dinner at a kitchen table with their kids care about. Immigration, the economy. 1% care about Russia, but the media elites who talk to themselves are so committed and bought into this Russian fairy tale that they absolutely cannot, will not give it up, despite the fact that they're tactically hurting the United States because they're putting China below on the threat scale, Russia causing public pressure to minimize a threat at the expense of another threat. Mm. And they are actually getting their butts handed to them and getting dunked on every single day by Trump because they're not spending time talking about things people actually care about. That's why this press conference, despite the verbal misstep that he corrected, despite that, has played exactly into Trump's hands because it gave the media. It gave the media more ammunition to stay focused on Russia while the rest of America is focused on everything else but that. Really? I mean, um, just just incredible. How they, they have no sense at all whatsoever of, uh, of self-reflection. It's like there's not a mirror in a newsroom anywhere. Um, okay, a couple more stories I wanted to get to. Uh, let's see, what are we going to do next? I wanted to read this from an Investor's Business Daily piece, which will be in the show notes today. You know, what I find particularly repulsive are these continued insinuations by liberal goofball talking heads and uh, even bigger liberal goofball media types who pretend to not be talking heads and pretend to be journalists that the Russians and Putin have, quote, have something on Trump. Um, It's outrageous. It's offensive. It's disgusting. um, It's anti-American. And unless you have the evidence, I highly recommend you shut your soup cooler because you're just making it up. And if you were to do that against a normal American citizen who's not the president, uh, candidly, you'd probably be sued. But because he's the president, you hate him. They feel okay to say these things. What do they have on Trump? What do they have on Trump? The Russians have on Trump. Um, The answer is nothing unless you can prove otherwise. Now, We do have some inkling of an idea, though, that a foreign government 
may have some information on Hillary. Ah, this is whataboutism. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're darn right. Thank you. Mm. It is. Because if your principles, which you don't have because you're media hacks and goons, um, if your principles are we should be wary of foreign governments having influence and, and a potential compromise on political leaders in the United States that can influence their decisions, that's supposedly your principles, although you have no evidence that's happening with Trump, then you should equally be worried about potential compromise on a still visible and uh, potentially viable or maybe a presidential candidate again in 2020 could be Hillary Clinton on a comeback trail. You should be interested in potential foreign compromise on her, but you're not. Now, reading from the Investor's Business Daily piece, we seem to have forgotten this exchange because there's so much media. I know I brought it up the other day, but it's worth readdressing. Mm -hmm. Louis Gohmert, Peter Stroke at the Stroke hearing. He's talking about the uh, Intelligence Community Inspector General, basically the Internal Affairs Department for the intelligence community, the people who go and gather stuff, information overseas we can use in the United States. Gohmert says to Peter Stroke, the FBI agent involved in the Trump investigation and the Hillary investigation, says, Mr. Rucker reported to those of you, the four of you there, in the presence of the ICIG attorney, that they had, this is crazy, that they had found this anomaly on Hillary Clinton's emails going through their private server. And when they had done the forensic analysis, they found that her emails, every single one except four, over 30,000 were going to an address that was not on the distribution list. It was a compartmentalized bit of information that was sending it to an unauthorized source. Do you recall that? Stroke. Sir, no, I don't. Now, the entire exchange, by the way, will be on my uh, on, on the show notes today in this Investor's Business Daily piece. I strongly encourage you to read it. So, Joe, again, the media's so-called principles are what? That a foreign government that's hostile to the United States mm -hmm. may have information on Trump, despite the fact they have zero evidence that this is true. Mm -hmm. None. There's actual evidence from the intelligence community's own inspector general that some unauthorized source, and I've been assured it's a foreign government. I'm not at liberty to say who it might be at this point because I don't report that speculation. Or if I do, I, I'll say why I'm speculating, and I'm not comfortable doing that at this point. But the intelligence community IG is reporting that a foreign government gained unauthorized access to 30,000 of Hillary Clinton's emails while she was Secretary of State. And where's the front page New York Times story about that? Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. They did a Casper the Friendly Ghost on the story. They're gone. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Mm -hmm. And now you wonder. The media still wonders why they continue to fit the Skeletor mold and everybody's looking for a He-Man to fight against them. Because they simply cannot report the facts. They are so wedded to this Trump-Russian collusion thing that they'll report grotesque speculation not based on any facts at all. The Russians have something on Trump. Uh, what is it? I don't know, something. Like, what something? What, that he likes Skittles rather than M&Ms? What, what do they have exactly? I, I heard there's a tape. Where is it? I don't know, but I've heard about it. I heard about a lot of things. I heard Kevin Moss was going to be the next great Yankee first baseman once. That wasn't true either. I loved Kevin, but he only had one good season. <laughs> because you heard it doesn't make it true. Now we have actual law enforcement evidence from our intelligence community doing an investigation that a foreign entity may have had access to up to 30,000 of Hillary Clinton's emails and no reporting at all. And we're all supposed to just ignore it because, of course, it's a Democrat. And the media continues to wonder why almost nobody on the Republican side takes them seriously. Nobody. What a joke. 
What a joke. And then the New York Times, again, reporting that story about he, Trump was briefed about. And by the way, when they say Trump was briefed about how Putin may have personally ordered these cyber attacks in our election process, Joe, they acknowledge in the piece that Trump acknowledged it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody says like he denied it. But that's their breaking news. Now, who do you think may have leaked that, by the way? You know, it's fascinating that we have intelligence people, uh, former intelligence people like uh, uh, communist voting John Brennan out there attacking Trump for what he called treason. Uh, Brennan's a disgrace. He's a disgrace to the country, uh, disgrace that he really disgraced the CIA. It's, it's, it's an, he's an embarrassment. You know, I, I can't, I feel, I really genuinely feel bad for the patriots who work there, putting their butts on the line in our intelligence community, who had to deal with this absolute buffoon, this joke clown of a human being. Treason's guilty of treason. I filleted this guy yesterday at that DeSantis rally in front of all the media. Disgraceful human being. Good. Disgrace. Voted for a communist during the Cold War. You think he may have had something to do with that? So just to leave this topic behind, the reason they leaked that, the story about, oh, Trump knew before he even took office about the Putin order of the cyber attacks in the election, Joe, is again to paint this connection between this relationship between Trump and Putin. In other words, Trump knew about it, but the reason he's downplaying this connection is because the Russians have something on him. Do you get it? Yeah. That, that's the, uh, uh, yeah, you it. don't get it. I can see look on your face. Let me explain it again. The New York Times story serves one purpose. Trump is in bed with the Russians who have something on him. They have bad information. Trump owes the Russians something. Trump knew early on that the Russians, you know, hacked the election, air quotes. Although he is begrudgingly acknowledged it, the reason he keeps downplaying it is because they have something on him and he's in bed with them cutting some illicit deal. Does that make sense? That was the purpose. Of, does that make sense now? I so want to make sure you get this. So they're trying to make that connection that that's why Trump keeps downplaying the Russian uh, role in the election. Trump, I'm telling you, is not downplaying it. What he's doing is simply telling you the truth that, yes, I acknowledge, in fact, that the Russians were involved in an, in an, in an attack on our country which they've been involved in forever. But it's not the only threat. That is the truth. The Democrats and the liberal media and the Times are taking that truth to paint it in a different narrative that he's downplaying the Russian effort because the Russians have something on him when in fact they don't. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. Okay, good, good, good. I always count on you to do that because then sometimes people say, why do you keep repeating yourself? It's because I don't no, want no. you to leave the show in any way um, confused. Hey, let me make a quick course correction on something because, you know, I get a lot of feedback from the audience and I uh, I love, love, love you guys and ladies. Seriously, you're the best. Like you've made my life an absolute pleasure. I mean that. Uh, you know, I wasn't always the happiest kid in the world. You find people who knew me growing up. I was always kind of a... I don't know, a sober kid. I don't mean that drinking-wise. I just mean, you know. Yeah, the words miserable comes to mind. <laughs> miserable. That's good. Thanks, Joe. Yes, yeah, so you made me more miserable. So I'm just messing with you. I used to do puzzles a lot, and, you know, I never was a video game kid, but I used to hit off a batting tee in my backyard. I was kind of a, you know, solitary-type kid. But I love you guys to death, and you've made my life uh, great. But uh, sometimes the feedback on the show hits me, and I've got a, I've received a lot of feedback about my Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat 
the socialist, as she calls herself, from New York who won mm-hmm. the upset congressional victory. And the thing I did on unemployment the other day, and you know what? You're right. Sometimes I, I love numbers, facts, and data. Mm-hmm. I got so into the numbers about her ridiculous statement that unemployment is so high because people are working two jobs. Right. I'd replay the sound, but it's, that was the gist of what she said to Margaret Hoover on Firing Line. It was an absurd, ridiculous statement. Her statement was, unemployment is high because a lot of people are working two jobs. No, no, unemployment is low because a lot of people are working right. two jobs. It's, uh, what well, was, no, it was unemployment is high because people, it was such a dumb statement. It, it, it I got into the wonkery of how uh, historically low numbers of people are working two jobs when I just should have addressed just the pure stupidity of the statement. The pure stupidity of the statement is, Saying a lot of people aren't working because a lot of people are working a lot just doesn't make sense. And a lot of people email me like, you missed the forest for the... And you're right. If your statement is, a lot of people aren't working because a lot of people are working two jobs. That, I should have just left it there. I gave you detailed policy stuff, facts and data from an AEI.org piece. And I just could have left it at, this is pure dumb. Which I did later on in the day on my NRA TV show, which you can see every day at 5.30 p.m. at NRATV.com. So thank you for pointing out to me that I don't want to fall into that wonky trap sometimes where just basic forest for the trees information. A lot of people aren't working. Why? Because they're working two jobs. (laughs) Margaret Hoover was probably like, wait, what? (laughs) No, no. The loan employment rate's low because a lot of people are working through. Wait, what are you saying? Can you please clear this up for us? Are you are you from this planet? What are you saying? You say are you saying the unemployment rate's low because Trump is good? Are you saying the unemployment rate's high because Trump is bad? And how does people working two jobs make the unemployment rate high? And by the way, it wouldn't make it lower either because it's a survey and they don't ask people how many jobs in those specific surveys. They ask them if they're working or looking for work. This <laughs> is so dumb. But you know me, I'm fascinated with numbers. That's where I get into that. All right, uh, one final story uh, I wanted to be sure you were aware of because uh, on, a, on a bad note, I don't mean to leave you on this, but it's important we stay vigilant, uh, especially with a Republican Congress and a Republican president. Folks, they just put out some projections of our national debt numbers. They are staggeringly bad. Bad, really bad. Um, like bad, like Obama, you're bad. Obama, and I'm, I, I don't believe me. I, I would not make that comparison lightly. We're looking at trillion-dollar government deficits in the future, uh, in the next few years. Uh, these are outrageous numbers. These are uh, ridiculous numbers, folks. And to the Congress people listening and their staffs, please. I don't know how long you think this is going to go on, but eventually. This accumulation of debt, of money we've spent that we do not have, is going to absolutely decimate and kneecap our entire economy. There is simply no way to continue to spend a trillion dollars more a year in an only $20 trillion economy and not over time have dramatic hikes in interest rates or grotesque inflation or both, which you'd probably have at the same time. Folks, here's what is inevitably going to happen if we don't get a hold of our government spending situation shortly. Our economy annually is worth about $20 trillion. Just to use it, you know what? Those numbers aren't even real. Use an analogy for a home. Say you were making $20,000 a year. If you're making $20,000 a year and every, you owe 20,000 already, which we already owe 20 trillion. So we already owe everything we're worth. 
And then every year on top of that, you are piling $1,000 more onto that 20000 You would be financially insolvent within a couple of years, if not already. Pretty soon the interest on that accumulated debt becomes so high that you never pay down the principal ever. You're basically just trying to head off a financial apocalypse by trying to match the debt requirements and the interest alone. Folks, we're getting there. We are in a deeply, deeply disturbing, troubling debt situation we have not been in since the post-World War II era. God forbid there was some kind of a global crisis where we needed to borrow more money to spend to defend ourselves. Folks, it would be over. This is a serious, serious situation. The only reason that the interest rates are still low is because the economies around the world are still not as safe as us. So people continue to lend us money. That's not going to happen forever. When that stops, interest rates are going to go through the roof and we're going to be looking at profound uh, inflation that'll, that'll basically eat away at every single thing you have in your savings account and in your wallet. You doubt me? Inflation in Venezuela has gotten so bad as an article in the show notes I have today, Venezuelan pensions uh, for the month can't even pay for a box of eggs. In Venezuela, folks, they won't even, uh, a lot of these vendors won't even take cards anymore, credit cards. So they're demanding cash. If you pay with credit cards, you have to pay four times as much. So people are lining up at ATMs at three o'clock in the morning to take cash out. Currencies in such short supply that these lines at the bank are starting in the early morning hours just to get money to feed themselves. Those pensions are not keeping up even remotely with inflation. You may have all the money in the world. If inflation is all the money in the world plus 10%, by the way, you're losing money all the time. The only way in the future, the only way to continue to attract foreign money, which we're going to need, because we're spending, which we shouldn't, by the way. I'm not saying, but if we continue to spend at this at this rate, a trillion dollars more per year than we have, that we have, the only way to continue to attract that money into the United States to allow to to allow us to spend at these ridiculous rates is going to be to up interest rates, rates of return for people to rates we're not going to be able to afford because we're going to have to pay interest on that debt in the future. Folks, big trouble. Stay on your congressmen and senators on this. This is not a joke. This is a very serious financial situation we're in. And if we don't get a hold of this soon, when the Democrats, if the Democrats take back charge of the House and God forbid the presidency, it is going to be Obama version 2.0. And we are going to be in an interest rate situation where you're going to be paying 20 percent for a mortgage in two to three years. If we don't get a hold of this thing soon and it creeps up on you and it creeps up on you quick. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I mean, to leave you on a bad note there, but we'd still have to stay vigilant. You know, just because Republicans get elected doesn't mean they're all in our corner when it comes to conservative uh, ideology there. Uh, thanks again. Please subscribe. I uh, really appreciate everyone who subscribes to the show on iTunes, Spotify. You can It's a follow button on iHeartRadio. So subscriptions that drive us up the charts, we get as low sometimes as the top 10, which is good. We really appreciate that. And please subscribe to my email list at Bongino.com. Thanks for everything, folks. And thanks again for supporting uh, Noel and the, uh, the family. They, um, I can tell you from people who are in the know they they deeply deeply appreciate your unbelievable generosity thank you very much i'll see you all tomorrow you just heard the dan bongino show get more of dan online anytime at conservativereview.com you can also get dan's podcasts on itunes or soundcloud and follow dan on twitter 24 7 at d bongino